Thank you for joining us today for the podcast ministry of Unity Point Church. We're located at 124 Amerson Street in Anniston, Alabama. We hope that you'll join us very soon and be a part of our fellowship. We'd love to have you. Our three core values are Christ, community, and connections, and we try to find all three every time we come together. We believe that you're going to be both blessed and challenged by the message today, so let's dive right in. Over the last two months, uh, we've, you know, we've wrestled with not being able to gather together to worship in one place. We've questioned what should be done. We've questioned what should not be done. A lot of people have expressed they felt kind of trapped by all of this. Um, people f- financially struggled. People have suffered emotionally. I've heard people talk about how they just need to have some human interaction in person. They, you know, they're thankful for technology, but they're going, man, I just need to see some people. Yes. Right? Yes. It can be difficult when we feel trapped, when we feel like we've lost freedom We feel the pain of lost opportunities or finances or relationships or addiction or whatever it is that causes us to feel trapped. But spiritually, life for all of creation was once held in bondage. Freedom was locked away from us. We didn't have access to it. But I want us to take a look at some passages today that just as we're celebrating our freedom to worship again today together, that we can also celebrate spiritual freedom. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 says this, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades, I didn't get you to the next one. Sorry, I'm I'm so used to being on that on that uh, live stream and not having to do this. But I hold the keys of death and Hades, or death and hell, if you want to know what it is. What a proclamation! Revelation, written by John the Revelator. John had this vision that's documented in the book of Revelation, and Jesus speaks to him in the middle of his vision. And when he hears this voice in his vision, the Bible says that he turned to look to see who was it that was speaking to him. And if you haven't read, or if you don't remember John chapter 1, or uh, Revelation chapter 1, go back and read some of it. It's it's kind of interesting because you'll see this description uh, of the Jesus that that John sees, and we know it has to be Jesus. I, for a long time, I would have just purely called it that said it was God, but we know that it's Jesus because of the fact that he says, I'm the first and last of living one. I was dead, but look, I'm alive. That had to be Jesus. Jesus had done that. We understand the three in one, so we understand it is God in the overall, but very specifically, this being Jesus that was speaking to him out of the, out of the Godhead. And so John turns and he sees this amazing spectacle, this amazing vision of of Jesus. And he describes all the different characteristics of him. And that's where we get to 17 and 18 there, where then John says, man, when I saw him, it was so overpowering, it was so overcoming to see Jesus in that way that I fell at his feet like a dead man. I mean, he just dropped in worship. 
And then Jesus reached down and touched him. He laid his right hand on me. Now, this is not what I'm going to preach about. Somebody needs this today. There are times where you're going to feel like in the middle of whatever's happening in your life that, that when you come in contact with who God really is, it's going to be overwhelming. But in the middle of that, if we take what happened with John, but yet God reached down when, he, when John realized and fell because of the overpowering presence of God, but then God reached out and touched him. He reached down and laid his hand on him. And then he spoke words of comfort and revelation to him, and he said, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the living one. I was dead, but look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. Well, that's powerful. But there's another key. So that, there's two. Did you notice there's two keys there? He said, I, I, I've, I hold the keys of death and hell. Now, most people would uh, throw one more key in there normally when they talk about this. Anybody know what it is? Grave. The grave. Most people will talk about the grave because the Bible then tells us, you know, uh, death, where's your victory? Grave, where's your, you know, where's your sting? All that stuff. Uh, grave, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? I'll get that right here in a minute. So most people come back from that saying, look, uh, Jesus then comes uh, to, back to life with the keys of death which we equate then with the grave and then with hell. So death, hell, and the grave. So that's three keys that, that we're going to tuck away in our mind here for a moment. But there's another key that I want us to take note of today. Drew, you may have to help me out because I just lost connection. So there's another scripture here that we're going to see. It's Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19, and here's what it says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. How many of you have ever heard this passage before? We're not, we're not through it yet, but you've heard this passage. But we're going to catch something here at the end of this. I also say to you that you're Peter. This is normally the verse that everybody focuses on. And on this rock I will build my church, and the forces of hell will not overpower it. And verse 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. For some reason, I think in my entire life, being in church, which basically was nine months before I was born, <laughs> I told somebody here recently, I think maybe when I'd stop by, I was talking to Dennis here a while back, I, I, and I, I have never in my entire life experienced what we've just gone through. Um, having grown up in a pastor's family, I have been at church my entire life. I have been uh, laid on the back pew if I was sick and not contagious. My mom and I talked about it this past week. I would be laid on the back pew. They'd tell everybody, don't sit around me. But when it came time to have prayer, they'd come back and people would pray, and they'd pray for healing. If I was contagious, I was put in a Sunday school room that nobody was using, 
and I would have to stay back there during, during church. But I was in the church building, and we didn't have speakers run back where I could hear everything. I could just kind of hear the music through the walls, but I was so sick at that point. didn't really matter. But I was, they, they'd take me to God's house. I'd never experienced going two months not being in church. I mentioned somebody, I said, I can't keep up what day of week it is. I'm not even kidding. I'd be in the middle of the week, and I'd be like, what? I don't, I'd have to look at my watch. I don't, I don't even know what day it is because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting Sunday. I wasn't getting Wednesday. It, everything, my whole life has been around this. In all of that time that I've been in church, all the teaching and all the preaching I've heard, we always skip the first part of this, verse 19. It's not that we didn't read it. We just didn't talk about it. We always talk about the fact, you know, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What do you loose on earth is, is loosed in heaven. We talk about Peter and that, that the church was built on, on, you know, that statement of who God was, who Jesus was. But I want you to see that he just mentioned here specifically keys. God doesn't put stuff in the Bible and not do so with purpose. Jesus tells John in Revelation, says that I have the keys to death and to hell. And we would equate the grave in with that as well, just as a statement. Death, hell, and the grave. And then here, Jesus says to Peter, He says, I will give you some more keys. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to really grasp this concept. For, for us to fully understand what this scripture right here in verse 19 is saying, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, you know, what, is, what does that mean? What are those? Well, let's identify what the Bible says the kingdom of God is. Romans chapter 14, I don't think this is in there, Drew, but Romans chapter 14, verses 16 and 17 says this, Therefore do not let your good be slandered, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Drew, if you'll take us back to the end of Matthew chapter 16, that, that verse 19 that we saw there. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God, then we saw in Romans 14, says that it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, which is right standing with God. Peace, which we have with God through the actions and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And joy in the Holy Spirit, who was sent as another comforter after Jesus returned to heaven. And he says, I will give you the keys to all of that. Amen. So let's, let's put all of these keys together in our understanding because three of these really would be considered negative and one of these keys would be considered positive in, in the sense that three of them deal with negative consequences while the third deals with positive consequences. Let me give you that verse in Galatians chapter 2. This will this help us make that connection on perspective as we talk about these different keys. Where he says, For through the law I've died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. You are dead if you are in Christ. How about that? 
If we are in Christ, then we had to be crucified with him. And Paul in writing Galatians said, And I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. The life of Christ is what is sustaining me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Christ is living in me, I no longer live. Therefore, since Christ has in his possession the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he is living in me, then death, hell, and the grave no longer have any hold over me because I have been set free. Christ living inside of me now with him saying, I've got the key to death, hell, and the grave, then I no longer have to worry about those things. I no longer have to fear those things. They have no level of control over me. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't say that death's going to sneak up on you and get you. It says God's in control of it, and he is appointed unto man once to die. But now, death doesn't hold any sting anymore because it's not, well, I'm going to die and I'm going to face hell. So death and hell now no longer hold any pain for us in the spiritual. Now, does it cause pain when we pass from this life for many people? Absolutely. People face difficulty. They face physical stress that they go through, physical pain that they go through. But the spiritual reality of death and of the grave no longer hold a sting, no longer hold a word because it is just a gateway. It is a door through which we are able to go through and enter into eternal rest with Christ Jesus to be forever because the Bible says to be absent in the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, me living inside of you is powerful because I hold the keys to death to hell, and even holds the key to the grave. So that door that would have been blocked to you and would have kept you where you could not enter into heaven, I hold the key to it now. Y'all aren't near as excited about this because I've been marinating on it for three weeks. There's people out here right now, I had a friend of mine tell me, I mentioned this a couple weeks back on the live stream, had a friend of mine at work told me, he said, Nathan, he said, I really believe God is using this time to reach people because they're realizing that, man, out of the blue, I could get this and 14 days later, you could be dead. And people are starting to think, and you see it, there's articles out there about a quarter of people in some countries are now watching live stream services from churches. They're trying to find answers. Why? Because they know that the door is locked and they're looking for the key. But we have the key, and it is through Jesus Christ living inside of us who said that because of his death, he said, I was dead, but I'm alive and I live forevermore. And look, I got the keys to death and to hell. No longer do you have to worry about them. Then since Christ has the key to the kingdom of God, and he said, I'm going to give that key to you, then I have the key to righteousness, to peace, and to joy in the Holy Spirit. And that scripture said, this allows me to bind on earth, lock the door, on things that destroy righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You don't just use a key to unlock things. You use a key to lock things up. Oh, that's good. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm. There's stuff that's coming against you that you're trying to figure out how to defeat, and it's not so much that you need to defeat it. You just need to lock it up. 
You need to push it outside of where you're living, outside of where you're spiritually dwelling, and lock the door on it. We used to sing a song like that when I was a kid. Lock the door, keep out the devil. Lock the door, keep the devil in the night. They had it right. You have the keys. He said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And, and the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This also allows me to loose on earth, unlock the door on things that bring righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. People say, man, I just feel like, I just feel like God's blessings are, are just, they're just bottled up. They're not, then unlock the door. <laughs> you go, well, I'm trying. I mean, there's a process. That's a whole other message to talk about there. But unlock the door because he said, I am giving you the keys to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. People say, I just don't feel any peace. I just don't feel any joy. Unlock it. Unlock what it is about God that brings that into your life. Take the things that don't, throw them into that closet, throw them out your house, your spiritual home, and lock the door on them. You can't come in here anymore. You can't just, and it's an unpickable lock. God's given you the ability to lock up something that nobody... I could go into Revelations. Y'all know there's a scripture in Revelations that said that God can open a door that no man can close and he can close a door that no man can open. And he says, and I've given you the keys. I don't know what you got going on in your life, but you ought to get real excited about this right here today. By the time you leave and you go through this week, you need to be looking at some stuff in your life going, I've got the key to this, and I'm not putting up with this because God has given me authority through Jesus Christ. He's given me the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's given me the keys to the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Three weeks ago, I saw something for sale, and immediately I was impressed to purchase it, and this was not one of them I really wanted you know, to do this, and so I just heard the voice of God type of things. I know some of y'all, that's how you know, you're like, oh, God spoke to me and told me I need to buy that. No, he didn't. But three weeks ago, I saw something for sale, and immediately I was impressed to purchase it, and, and in that moment when I saw it, I saw it on Marketplace, and God gave me this message. It had four keys on it. The keys to death, hell, the grave. And I want to think that this intricate one right there, because it's got a little more wavy on it. It's got three little wavies on it. These others got two. I want to think that's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I saw this, this massive key ring. With these keys on, I paid $10 for this. I think the lady was all excited. I was like, yes, I will meet you today. She's like, really? I said, yes, I will. I want you to, I want you to get this visual in your mind with these four keys. That, that these three that, that represent death, hell, and the grave. I've got no desire. I have no desire in my life to take this key, and go and unlock those things since I have surrendered my life to Jesus. I don't have any interest in going and unlocking death. 
I don't have an interest in going and unlocking hell. I don't have an interest in going and unlocking the pain of the grave anymore. And so if, if he's given me the key, and if I've put it in the room, and I've locked it up and said, you don't have any power over me anymore, because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you can't lock this up on my life. You can't unlock on my life, because when God shuts a door, no man can open it. When God opens a door, no man can close it. And it's not me that lives anymore, but it's Christ. That lives in me. And so I'm not the one locking the door. God Himself, who won the victory through Christ to own the key. How many of y'all ever bought a house? How many of y'all ever stole a house? I was just checking. I was just checking. You bought a house. What do they do after you sign all the papers? What's the big deal that they do that they say? Give you the keys. They said, and, and it's not really even yours, right? Not really, because you still got to pay for it, right? It belongs to the bank. You just live in there until you pay for it. But they give you the keys and say, here are the keys to your new home. But you still owe a debt. But Jesus came along, and Jesus said, I paid the debt. It's free and clear, and now I'm going to take and give you the keys. Here is the key to your new life. Here's the key to you not being afraid of death. Here's the key to you not having to suffer the pain and the sorrow of the grave. Here is you not having to worry about hell anymore. Here, oh, by the way, here's the key to my kingdom. Here's the key to my kingdom. Because my kingdom is made up of righteousness, right standing, which I paid for for you. That one's done. Peace, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives you, but I give you my peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. Because when I leave, i got to send another comforter. If I don't go, I can't send him. But I'm going to send somebody to comfort you while I'm gone. And he's going to bring joy. And you got the key. Your boss doesn't have the key. Your job doesn't have the key. Your finances don't have the key. Your spouse doesn't have the key. The church doesn't have the key. Nobody has the key for your life. Jesus wants to give it to you. When I face a door that's locked and blocking my path to godly peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, I can take the key out. I can unlock the door. I can use the authority in Christ. When I face a door that needs to be locked, I can take out the key. Use the authority that God's given me and I can lock out things that would destroy my peace and my joy. Today, Jesus stands ready to help you understand that you have these keys in your possession if He is the Lord and Savior of your life. You can be set free from the things that have destroyed peace and joy in your life. You can rest in the knowledge that His righteousness is is imparted to you that it's secure in Jesus Christ. You can have comfort in distressing times because death and hell no longer have a spiritual hold over your life. I want you to do something. I know every one of you most likely has got keys here. 
So why don't you get your keys out? Good Lord, Debbie. He is good. If you got keys, why don't you get your keys out? Why don't you hold your keys up? Why don't you shake your keys? You hear that? I didn't say stop. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Hear your keys? All right, now you can. You keep them out, though. I want you to keep them out. I want you to get a lasting mental image. You probably never thought about that you had keys to something spiritual. You probably haven't spent much time thinking about that he, Jesus said, I've got the keys to death and to hell. And we know because he said that the grave doesn't have any power. He's got that one, too. You probably haven't thought about that he said, hey, I've given, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I want you to think about every time this week, every time going forward. That's why I want you to do it with the keys, because you're not going to forget that. I want you to think every time you take your keys out and you go to walk into your house, I need it, I need it to remind you, hey, I got the keys to be able to go in to the things that God has promised me in my life. When you get inside and you go, hey, I want to be safe, so I'm going to turn around and lock the door. I want you to remember I've got the keys to be able to lock the things out of my life that don't need to be here because he's given me authority and he's given me the keys. When you're starting to feel like, you know, I just don't, I just don't feel like God is near. I, just, I don't feel peace. I don't feel joy. And I want you to think about this when you go to crank your car because you don't even think about it. You don't even really hesitate until something goes wrong with your car, right, Dennis? You don't even think about it. You get those keys out, you stick it in that ignition, and you think when I turn this key, power will happen. You expect that when you insert that key into that ignition switch and you turn it, some of you that a 350 horse engine is going to fire up underneath that hood. You're going to think, I, I, I'm going to have the ability that in my own strength, if I tried to pull that camper trailer that you might have, or I try to pull that boat that you might have, or you try to do whatever you're going to haul or, or whatever. You, you can't do that on your own. But you got no problem taking a key, sticking it in that ignition, turn the key, think that it's supposed to crank. It's supposed to start, and I ought to be able to pull this massive thing. Because when I put the key in and turn it, there's power that's released, and I'm able to do something beyond my own ability. And when you go to crank your car every day, I want you to think about, Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, to righteousness, to peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that when you begin to feel like you're powerless, when you begin to feel like I'm just overrun by a lack of peace, I'm overrun by a lack of joy, I need to take the key spiritually. I need to insert it into the ignition with prayer. I need to turn that thing through faith and believe that power is going to be released and I will be able to do things that are beyond my own ability. Because I have the key. And he has the power. And he has said, here's the keys to my kingdom. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. 
I thank you for letting us know that we have these keys. And that gives us the ability to be set free. God, we're so grateful today to be back in your house together, worshiping together, praising you together. So God, we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory. But God, we embrace the truth of the fact that you, the one who is living inside of us, has the keys to death, hell, the grave, and then you have given us the keys to your kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God, I ask you to supernaturally impress on the minds of those that are here God, on the minds of those that will hear this later, every time they take their keys and begin to use them, that they will remember, I've been given keys from God. In the spiritual realm, I've been given keys. Death, hell, and the grave no longer hold sway over me any longer. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry because I know what happens. Because with that key, Jesus Christ has unlocked the way for me to go and be with the Father. In those moments when I question and I don't feel that I have peace, I don't feel joy because of the circumstances that are around me, even in the midst of those circumstances that may not necessarily change, I can take the attack of the enemy, repel it, and lock it away because I have the key to peace and joy. I can look and I can see your scripture. I can see your word. I can see your promises. I can remember how you've spoken into my life about peace and joy. And I can unlock the promises and release those things into my life because you have given me the key. God, I pray as we crank our cars, our trucks, whatever our automobile is on a daily basis, that God, we will remember If I will utilize prayer, inserting the key, by faith if I will turn it, it will release power that is contained in your kingdom. And peace and joy will find their way supernaturally into my life. Yes, problems still may exist and have to be dealt with. But even in the midst of those things, I can find peace. Peace in the middle of a storm. Peace in the middle of a trial. Peace in the middle of sickness. Peace in the middle of a struggle. Because you will never leave me nor forsake me, but you'll go with me. But I can find peace and deep-seated joy in you. Father, I pray today if there's a single person here that is wrestling with peace and with joy. God, that you will impress on their heart that if they will but surrender their lives to you. God, if we will but in a greater way surrender our lives to you, we will find ourselves being able to even better unlock your kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Speak that into lives today. I just pray and believe this in Jesus' name. And the church together said, Amen. Amen.